Was that the intro song? No, that was my reminder to go grab a beer for recording. Give me one second. Nice. I should have done that, except I don't like beer. Welcome back to episode five of FL FFL Podcast. It's your host, Matthew Honeycutt. And once again, joined by our co-hosts, John Lassie and Will Myers. Guys, week four of fantasy is in the books. How's it going out there for y'all? I squeaked out a win against Omar this week. Feeling pretty good about that. Squeakity squeak. Squeaked it out. Feeling great. I'm on the board, finally. Yes. Uh, so this was about as good a week as I could have had. So, yeah, I'm excited for this next week. Got a tough matchup uh, this upcoming week against Omar, who, as we just heard, barely lost last week. But we'll see. Should be fun. Well, and now that I think, uh, John, you won this week, right? Yes. So we all three won this week. Just what is it? Th- it just feels good when you win in fantasy. It Amen. like. You just you just get some pride and like man, I won the week. You feel good. Would y'all it's agree? Like, I totally agree, especially when you're projected to lose. I know projections are only part of it, you know, but it doesn't feel good going into Sunday or going into Thursday, project being projected to lose. And I was projected to lose in really both of my leagues, and I won both of them this week. So yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, and it's really nice when you have the win sewn up early in the week you know you don't have to wait till monday night or even sunday night you know it's sewn up by sunday afternoon and you can just kind of kick it and chill and that, that's what happened to me this week i uh i had Derek carl on monday night but i had the game pretty much wrapped up by the end of the afternoon games on sunday so you can watch sunday night and monday night football a little bit stress-free which is fantastic so yeah i mean i there was still a little bit of a hint of stress for me because uh, I was playing Bryce last week. He had two guys still left, and it was a quarterback wide receiver match or duo. And I was like, maybe they could pull it out. So I was kind of like, oh, shoot, I got to watch Monday Night Football. But yeah. Still, still pulled it out. And, you know, you have to watch it. There's I mean, no, yeah. There's no way around it. It's okay. like, shoot. Honey, honey, I'm sorry. I can't cook dinner. I have to watch Monday Night Football. Yeah, I just, I, man, it's an obligation. I have to watch it. There's a lot of money. Oh, I'm sorry. There's no money on the line, <laughs> but I still have to watch it. There's I so much relate. pride. So much I pride on the line. Yeah, but uh, that's great. Well, um, guys, we're walking into episode five, um, entering week five. But real quick, before we get into our takeaways from week four, John, you want to give us a quick update on the pod stats? Yeah, so we're um, holding pretty consistent. We're averaging, you know, roughly 20 to 21 plays per episode, which is pretty cool. Uh, I mean, just that that's more than the guys in our league. So I don't know if that's, that's cool to me. 83 total plays, estimated audience of 16, 18 unique listeners. Um, and episode three uh, is still our highest played episode with 26 plays, which might be um partially my fault because i think i listened to that one three times so okay nice well it was cool i had my first uh 
work interaction, talking about the podcast, some of our picks. And um, I will just say that one of us got praised and one of us got shunned for oh, our no. picks. <laughs> they were like, I listened to this person on your podcast and they were wrong. Oh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta say who yeah, it is. That's how I do. I, I can't do it. I can't do you it. Got to. Who are you talking to? Um, one of the guys on my team uh, was like, "Man, hey, I want to, I want to listen to it." We were talking about fantasy football. We were trying to start one at our work. It didn't happen. But he's in two other leagues. And I was like, "Hey, man, you should give this a listen. I would love your feedback." He was like, "Man, dude, it was, it was a great, but." This one person, they had great feedback, and I listened to it, and it was awesome. And then the other person, man, that was bad feedback. You have to say, yeah, this is this is terrible. I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about, so you have to say it. Oh, he was. We. I don't care if if I'm the bad one. I don't. I don't care. Will he was he was he was talking about me being the bad one. And who was the good one? Um, I I believe it was John. Yeah. Yes. Well, last I will say I think I was hitting hitting my stride last episode with the whole Cooper Cup breakdown of all that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's if that's not what he was talking about, but I felt really good about that last week. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what what part it was, but we were on a recruiting trip. We were talking about it, anyways. It was just cool to see someone else show interest in the podcast and us talking about the picks and stuff outside of the podcast. So cool little moment there. Um, but we're gonna jump in. To our one quick takeaway from week four, Will, you want to hit it, hit us with your week four? Yeah, and so, you know, it's one quick takeaway, but I have two. Uh, sorry. The first one, I, I this is more of a question. Is the New York Giants offense good? And I don't mean their offense generally, but I mean from like a fantasy football perspective. Saquon Barkley's kind of rounding into form. Danny Dimes is the number six ranked quarterback through four games this season. We've seen Sterling Shepard put together some really, really nice performances when he's healthy. They might be decent players for fantasy football, which beginning of the season, I would not have expected Daniel Jones to be the six-man quarterback or any pass catcher for the Giants to be relevant. So that's kind of a, a cool little thing there. And then the second one I noticed this on Sunday Night Football, man, the Buccaneers need Gronk. It was evident they could not get the ball in in the red zone, and they need him big time, it seems. Yeah, offense looked totally different without yeah. Gronk in the game, especially yeah. like you said, twenty-five yards in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was a huge struggle. I, I was I really enjoyed watching that game because it just seemed like a literally a chess match between Belichick and Brady the whole time. I mean, the announcers talked about it a lot, but just I don't know. I mean, obviously Gronk makes a big impact on that game, but I also wonder if it was just if it was the brilliance of Belichick being able to throw Brady off enough. And Brady still came out with the win, but if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm leaving that game being like, yeah, I showed him, you know? Yeah. I'm sure Belichick is a part of it. He's obviously great, but Gronk is such a mismatch. I've got to believe that if, you know, he would have made an impact in the red zone on one of those drives where they were either in the red zone or very close and they had to settle for a field goal. So yeah, there were two passes uh, in the end zone to Cameron Bray and I think Gronk would have made the play. Yeah. Essentially. So, but then the, about two. the the first thing I was going to comment, I, I don't think we're ready to say they're good. New York Giants. I'm I'm with you. I just posed the question, something okay. to keep an eye on for the rest okay. of the year. I think Saquon is getting he, healthy and he seems to be really making an impact. But we're yeah. we're through four games and Daniel Jones is the fourth is this, I'm sorry, is the sixth ranked 
fantasy quarterback. And by the way, he runs the ball a ton, which yes. I didn't read about that when he was getting scouted for the draft because I do a lot of research, obviously, and I know everything about every quarterback. Did not know that, and surprisingly enough. so You didn't remember him falling last year? Yeah, oh, that was, was, a lot that was amazing. That was amazing. So funny. Yes. Sorry, Daniel Jones. Yeah, I know he's an avid listener, so we're not intending to make fun of you. We're just – No, he's dropping dimes this year. Yeah. Danny Dimes, and it really hurt because it was against my Saints this week. So, yeah, but they're—I mean, wide receivers and tight ends, though, pretty, pretty sparse. Not a lot going well, on there. Sterling Shepard, when he was in and when he was healthy, he was putting up some impressive fantasy numbers. I mean, I, I did not expect it. So. I think he's had two duds though, back to back weeks. I think he's been injured. I think. Yeah, he's been injured. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But that's great, uh, John. What about you? Takeaways. Week four. Yeah, so I think not not a not to be a downer, but we we had just some kind of dead performances from guys that you expect to have a high floor. Um, Dalvin Cook scored only six point four points, which I know he's not one hundred percent, but he still played and and he can do better than that even even on a bum ankle. Mike Williams came crashing down to earth hard, only scored two point one. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. I mean Kansas City. Mahomes threw five touchdowns and none of them went to Kelsey, which is nuts. Man, crazy. Uh, that is nuts. He only scored 6.3, and he's, you know, we'll talk about him later, but he's still ranked top, top tight end. Cooper Cup had a really bad week. We talked about him having a bad, like, you know, I talked about last week if he had a bad week, which I said would be 15, and he scored 11.4. Nobody caught him, though. He's still, you know, he's still top receiver. Just these guys that you expect to have a floor of, you know, 10 to 15 even on a bad week, just completely laid, laid big fat eggs this week. And then I do have to say, this is a shame for me. A guy I thought would be my guy, Miles Gaskin. He's been terrible all season. And <laughs> yeah, this week was the do. last. The, <laughs> this was the last straw. I dropped him. He scored point three points, and he was in my starting lineup. I still won, thankfully. But good grief, dude! Miami stinks. They just stink. <laughs> they, uh, they, on, they do. On, on Williams, though, he was on such a torrid pace, obviously, but he put up basically zero points, like, you know, for all intents and purposes. And he's still wide receiver five. That's how that's how crazy the start has been for him this season. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't – I wasn't 100% sold. I mean, obviously he wasn't going to keep up that pace, but I wasn't even sold that he was going to be – I don't know. I, I don't expect him to score 2.1 every game. but. Right. I mean, they were going against the Raiders, who's not a great defense. You know, it's just, just I mean, it seemed like it just seemed weird that he was not, they didn't get him going. So, yeah. Yeah. The tempo of that game was kind of weird. I watched a, a lot of it because uh, Bryce had Herbert and Keenan Allen. And it, it just kind of was weird the way it played out. So I expect Williams to be better than 2.1, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. For, for me, I think my takeaways is I think, Exiting uh, for the fourth week of fantasy, I think we have some surefire wide receiver ones that are shaping up that maybe to start in the draft, you're not sure who's going to be wide receiver one or wide receiver two. So the list is DJ Moore for the Panthers. He looks like the number one, and Robbie Anderson has been nowhere to be seen. Yeah, it's not even close in Carolina. Are you you talking wide receiver one on their team, right? Not like – Yes, yes. 
So they have shored up that when I think when when everybody was drafting, you you were kind of like, man, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, which one is going to be the wide right, receiver right. one? DJ Moore, I think, is surefire wide receiver one in Carolina. Uh, the second one I think is Cooper Cup. I think people were expecting more from Robert Woods, and they were like, is it going to be Absolutely, Cup Woods? Yeah. Cup has run away with it. Um, I think in San Francisco, Debo Samuel. I think he is uh, – he's still in the top four. He's wide receiver three as far as scoring. Um, and he is definitely the surefire number one in San Francisco. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and him kind of go back and forth. But I think Jefferson is is pulling ahead as far as being the number one. And then the Jets were like, is it going to be Jamison Crowder? Is it going to be Corey Davis? I think Corey Davis is kind of – stepped a, a foot or two ahead and is now wide receiver one. And I think the list goes on. There's probably a few more out there, but I think this is kind of a good list to look at and say, okay, I think these guys have won the spot and they're the ones going forward uh, for the rest of the year. So whoever has these folks on their team definitely got a still, probably the biggest still on this list I say was Debo Samuel. Uh, we yeah. talked on – a few episodes back about Will, that was just a great pick. I don't know if he meant to do that or he knew it was coming. I'll give you some oh, I credit. Knew be, I knew he'd be, you know, wide receiver three at this point for sure. <laughs> that was obvious. Yes. Yeah. But I think – I can't remember. You got him on maybe round eight, round nine of the draft? Yeah, I think something like that. I can double check real quick. But. Yeah, but, I mean, that is a still and him being – in the top four receiver still after four weeks of fantasy. And he had a big week last week. So that's kind of my, that's my takeaway from week four, just seeing some wide receivers uh, kind of really solidifying their wide receiver one spot. It's, it's interesting too, because three of those guys and DJ Moore, Cooper cup and Debo Samuel, their counterpart, you know, or who you would, who we, you were kind of thinking might compete at least compete with them are basically nobodies. I mean, Robbie Aaron yeah. has been bad. Robert Woods has been bad. And Brandon Ayuk has been bad. So, yeah. all you know, Jefferson has Thielen, who's – they're both doing good. And Corey Davis, you know, Jameson Crowder has been out or injured. But I think – didn't he have a pretty good week this week? Yeah, he came back a little bit. So, Corey Davis still beat him out. but Right. But, so, I mean, you know, I mean, Davis and Jefferson have four formidable number twos behind them. But these other three, three guys, man, they're they're just locked in at wide receiver one. Yeah, for sure. And Debo in the eighth round, by the way, that's when I got him. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, yeah, those those are just – it's just interesting to see it. Um, and then there's some other positions that are kind of starting to take shape too that people are kind of starting to fit in where they're going to fit in, and we'll see if it continues. But, um, all right, let's, let's move on forward to the top four uh, player rankings for each position. Um, how it – kind of rounds out is at quarterback we have Patrick Mahomes which he is quarterback one he is quarterback one for sure we have Kyler Murray at two Jalen Hurts sneaking in there at three and then old man Brady uh, or young man Brady whatever you want to call him he's still in the top four and he's still looking strong uh, at the quarterback uh, y'all have any thoughts on quarterbacks I think it's a pretty good list. I mean, I don't expect Jalen Hurst to stay that high, but we've talked about him before. He has such a high floor as a fantasy quarterback. He's pretty legit, and what a stinking value at where he was drafted. I mean, good grief, he's blowing her out of the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just nuts. I think we, we noticed this last week. He had an awful game, and he still scored 20-something points. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's been – and I mean kind of what you expect with a running quarterback, but it's just been pretty impressive to watch. Um, yeah. His fantasy performance each week, it's it's impressive. And that's kind of my hope for uh, Justin Fields as I picked him up. League, league winner, winner, Justin league, Fields. League winner, Justin Fields. I had it in the back of my head. I had John Lassie's voice. And it just, was just scream- it was screaming at me saying, pick him up, pick him up, pick him up. So I did it. Whoever it, your coworker is, don't tell him about that take. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I won't do it. Won't do it. Okay, moving on. RBs, uh, running backs. Of course, Derrick Henry. Will he move from the one spot? I don't know. Uh, number two, Austin Eckler. I really liked Austin Eckler pick, and he is panning out. He looks solid. He looks really good as a Chargers back. Guys, this next one hurts. It hurts deep. It hurts really deep. But number three running back in all of fantasy is Corderell Patterson. Guys, <laughs> let me say that one more time. The number three running back in all of fantasy after four weeks is Corderell Patterson, undrafted free agent. Yeah. That's awesome. It's amazing. I love it. It's great. You know, I if I, if I didn't have – Sorry, go ahead. If I didn't have the other RB, I would be on the same bandwagon with y'all being like, man, this is so cool to see this, but yeah. it, it's killing me. Yeah, killing it stinks me. having Mike Davis backing up. It does. <clears throat> what were you going to say, John? Well, I, I was going to say something different, but I, I'm just noticing now. So Henry, Derek Henry is far and above. I mean, he's outscoring Eckler by t- almost 20 points right now, mm-hmm. which is nuts. So you have Henry, who's in a tier by himself. You have Eckler. Uh, and Patterson are kind of in another tier. And then Harris below them is he's with Harris Jones and Zeke are kind of, and maybe Swift are in their own other tier. I mean, it's just crazy how, how far out Derrick Henry is. Yes. Uh, and like John said, number four on the list is Najee Harris. And I picked him as a rookie of the year and man, I think it's going to pan out. Uh, he's only I getting mean, better. It, he is picking up steam yeah. and Ben Roethlisberger can't throw it past 10 yards. So yeah. Expect him, I, I think, to close that gap between that Austin Eckler tier and Harris. I think he might push yeah. that that gap a little bit and shorten it. I just don't think I don't think anybody else is going to beat his volume besides probably McCaffrey and Henry. But Saquon Barkley gets a lot of touches in New York too. That, that's but, true. That's true. But you're right. There are very few that get the touches that Najee Harris gets. I mean, when you have nine, I think he had 19 targets in a game. And that's he's a running back. Yeah, yeah, nuts. Wow. Nuts. And so, man, what what I would do to have Najee Harris on my team? That would be great. Um, well, shout out to you. So, uh, that is our RB section. Um, wide receivers, Cooper Cup. Even though he had maybe a little bit of a down week, still holding strong in that one spot. But Tyreek Hill came on strong with a big performance and is closing the gap. Pretty fast. Um, so Tyreek Hill is at two. Like we talked about earlier, Debo Samuel is three. And then DJ Moore is four, which my history with DJ Moore, I've had him on my team maybe two years previously, and he was kind of that locket performance of going to have a big game, then he's nowhere to be seen. But he has actually come on and been pretty consistent with big games in the first four weeks. So uh, he's got that four spot as far as wide receivers go. 
Y'all have any takes on wide receiver top four? I'm interested to see how Cooper Cup bounces back. I mean, he only had 11 points this week, which like 11 points is not the worst thing in the world. You know, it's not 2.1 like Mike Williams, but I'm interested to see what his scoring is like next week. Is he going to live in that 10 to 15 range or does he go back up to 25 or 30 like he's been most of this year, most of the year? Yeah, and the Rams, it, I watched that game too, and it was kind of disappointing. They kind of didn't look great. Yeah. And so I expect him to resurge a little bit, at least higher than 11 points. But I mean, Tyreek Hill almost caught him. He's only two, you know, two and a half points behind him. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He can't, Tyreek Hill with that big game came on. Yeah, that's what happens when you get, what, 50 points? When you get 49 points something. Okay, I, I will, I want to, I do want to bring something up about Tyreek Hill. I was thinking about this week, and it's nowhere near to this level, but is Tyreek Hill a little bit like Tyler Lockett? Yes. I mean, I think so. People are so high on him. I love Tyreek Hill. He's a, he's a freaking baller, but he is kind of boomer bust. Now his floor is so high that it's, it's, a little bit different, you know, Lockett's full, you know, Lockett's boomer bust either scoring you 40 or scoring you six. Tyreek Hill is like either scoring you 40 or 50 or scoring you, you know, 15 to 20. But well, last year, last year I had Tyreek Hill for the first half of the year and he was pretty pedestrian and I needed running back help. So I traded him away. <clears throat> and then right after I traded him away, I traded him to you last year. He exploded and he, yeah. And he was like 25 a game. And I was like, he was at like 12 a game the first five weeks of the season. What's going on here? So I do think he's a little bit boomer bust. Now, he might not be as game to game as Tyler Lockett is, right? Like Tyreek Hill might go on a streak where he scores 20 plus for four straight games, but then he might go on a streak where three games in a row he's like 10. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the thing that separates Hill from Lockett in my mind is Hill usually still has the targets. He gets more receptions normally than Lockett will. Lockett will have four for 150 yards with two touchdowns. Right. And then Hill will still have four, five, six catches, but he may not get the same yardage. Right. So that's kind of where I would separate him. Um, I think well, he'll yeah, still get some receptions. They're definitely separated. I'm not, I'm not trying to, co- obviously, try, not trying to compare them. I just was thinking about that this week of like, you know, Tyreek Hill is kind of, he's not yes. your, your consistent going to get you the same amount of points every week necessarily, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, that's what makes his upside so large. Right. Cause those, those big weeks like that. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good point. Good point. All right. And then the last position is tight in. We have Travis Kelsey still tight in number one, even though he had a down week, like we talked about before moving into the two spot, finally dethroning Gronk with his <laughs> touchdown for end zone touchdown performance or red zone touchdowns. Uh, we have uh, Darren, the Waller baller, the baller Waller uh, at two and then three Gronk and then four sliding in there after a big week. We have Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys. Is he legit? Is that legit? I mean, is Dalton Schultz going to be two, top two? 10, top I would five, say top six. Two games in a row, he is getting a lot of targets, and Dak likes – I mean, Dak has just been dropping it to him a lot. He does that little hook and at the 10-yard mark, and he is hitting him. That's just his drop down there. So um, I, was, I was listening to the radio, Honeycutt, to your point, where I was talking about the average distance. And this is before this past week's game, so I'm sure it changed. But the average distance Dak throws the ball per target, and it was like four yards. 
So mm-hmm. if you have guys like maybe Amari Cooper or CD Lamb who, you know, obviously they're going to get a few screens going their way, but are mostly going to be 10 to, you know, 30 yards downfield whenever they're throwing the ball, that really bodes well if you have a Dallas Cowboys uh, tight end or Pollard or, you know, whatever. But um, I, let me say it this way. I think – a Dallas tight end is legit, if that makes sense. Like it might not be Schultz every week, but maybe Blake Jarwin or maybe Pollard takes some of those targets away, you know, coming out of the backfield or whatever. But I guess other than <clears throat> the Dallas Cowboys wide receivers, I think there will be a well, a good performing pass catcher for the Cowboys probably week in and week out other than the wide receivers. Yeah, and it's interesting. I – it looks like that Dalton Schultz is in when it's a passing play more mm-hmm. often. If you look at the play script, then then uh, Blake Jarwin. Yeah, but Blake Jarwin did get in the end zone this week. I right, think, right, exactly. Yeah. I think he did. So, I think it more bodes bodes percentage wise to Schultz as being the head tight end catching receiving wise. Um, but we'll see. I I, I think he could crack the top ten. At least, I mean, he's probably got to shoot in by now with four touchdowns or three or four touchdowns. But yeah, I mean, just looking at targets right now, there Schultz is outpacing Jarwin twenty-three to thirteen. So yeah, he's definitely getting more looks. I mean, for, you know, yeah. But to your point, like ten more over four games, you know, that's not a crazy large difference. And there could be a week where Blake Jarwin gets two touchdown catches. Yeah, you know, so I. But- I I do think it's it's probably not going to be Schultz every week is my point, but I do think there's going to be somebody on Dallas other than Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup that will have an impact fantasy-wise. Yeah, I mean, I would say 10, though, in the tight end arena is a pretty big gap because uh, it's just so – it's yeah, it's just so sparse. I mean, there's just not much there. Um, but those are our top four – um, top four player rankings for each position. Uh, Want to continue to look at this every week so we can kind of see the the movers. Um, maybe do we feel like we're starting to hone in? Like these top twos on all of them, do we feel like that they're they're probably going to at least end up being in the top four? Would y'all agree with that? Yes. I mean, yeah. Like Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, yeah. Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, I could buy that. Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, sure. Like, yeah, those all make sense. I think, I mean, do we think Cordero Patterson is going to stay in the top four? Oh, help me, help me. Do, do no. we think Dalton Schultz is going to stay in the top four? Like, those are huge yeah. question marks that it's – But I mean, that top, those, to top, say? those top two at each one of those, I mean, it's shaping yeah. up like those guys are going to be in the running. Sure. Yeah, and it's it's no real surprise either when you look at like the the one that's probably the most surprising is Cooper Cup based on draft position, but like Cooper Cup's a really good player and people have known that for for years, so it's really not that shocking that he developed this really nice rapport with Matt Stafford and has you know shown again that he's a really good player. So, well, yeah, and I would say maybe even more surprising to me is Debo being right as you were 40 and at yeah. number three. But I, I do think some people, myself included, were unsure about him with his injury history. I mean, he was right. so hit or miss last year, because, not because of him, but I mean, because of his injuries. He just was never healthy. 
And so I wondered if people this year going into the draft are wondering, you know, he's a higher risk guy because he's injury prone and he's been healthy this season and he's been killing it. So, yeah. Yeah. Do y'all think that Lance helps or hurts moving forward? (sighs) I haven't seen Trey Lance play enough to know um, how good, you know, how good he is, but everyone in the fantasy world seems to be really high on him. So, well, he's kind of got that same feel as hurts, like his floor. Right. So high because of his running ability and his getting in the end zone with running. I think the one thing you got to worry about is, is what's his rapport like with Debo Samuel versus the other guys, Brandon Ayuk or even George Kittle or whatever. But I don't think it's going to have a huge impact. Now, that being said, that Debo could drop out of the top four, but I still think he's a wide receiver one, you know, one of those top 12 guys based on the volume he's gotten so far. And, I think he's probably just the, the best wide receiver on that team, too. Ayuk's really good, but he hasn't shown it yet this year, and I think Debo's definitely in better form right now. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, guys, let's let's jump into it. Let's get into our week four power rankings. I think the people of the league are ready to hear how people have moved in the power rankings. Will, you want to walk us through it? Yeah, we got some big movers this week, but before before we do that, I was looking at my team this week, and I was like, you know, I got some really good players on my team. And I was looking at where they were, like, ranked, and I was like, okay, dude, these are pretty good players, you know, ranking-wise for as from a position standpoint, right? And so I decided to do this little exercise where I looked at the average player ranking for every team. So what I did was I took, you know, quarterback, running back one, running back two, and the whole lineup plugged in their ranking for their position and then took an average of that. And then I thought, well, this is kind of silly, right? Because no one values a defense or a kicker the same as a running back because a defensive or a kicker, you know, might get you seven points. That's probably a really good week. And the difference between the best defense and the worst defense is probably marginal compared to the best running back and the 24th ranked running back. So, I also took out the defense and the kicker to see, you know, how that changes the rankings. You know, if we just look at quarterback through flex and how, what is the average for that? So that was a really interesting exercise. Do you guys have any guesses as to who the best team is if we were to include defense and kicker? Include defense and kicker. Yeah. Because there is a difference. There is a difference. You're saying that you took the averages of. I took all the players on the team. Their player player ranking ranking by position. Okay. So, for example, we talked about Danny Dimes. He's the sixth ranked quarterback. I took him on my team. He's on my team now. And I took Najee Harris, who's the, I believe, the 10th ranked running back. Plugged at it and, and did that all the way down to see what the average player ranking was for their position, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You guys following me? Yeah. Yes. Let me look over the rosters real fast. And so, no, just just guess. Like like girlies, right? They are by far and away the best team from a point scored standpoint. So where do you guys think they fall? Well, I think without kickers and defense, they got to be number one. But with, with the kickers and defense, 
I, I I don't know. I haven't paid the close enough attention to, to who has the best kicker and best defense. So then let's let's just exclude kicker and defense, right? So if we go without kicker and defense, you think they're number one, Honeycutt? Do you agree? Chubby? Yeah. Um. N- no, I don't agree. All right. Who do you think's number one? No keepers league. No keepers league. Okay. No keepers. If we look at without defense and kicker, they're number four. Okay. All right. And the chubby girlies are number three. Wow. Yeah. Right. Who yeah. is one or two? The so number one. Number number one is Cooks, which I found okay. kind of surprising. They are but, three and one. And if you look at their roster, like their quarterback is nine. So here are the numbers, right? 9, 19, 8, 2, 5, 11, 9, 2, and 9 if you include defense and kicker. So get rid of the last 2 and 9, and that's their non-defense and kicker. And here's the girlies, which I found that's pretty interesting. They have the number one quarterback, 12, 17 are their running backs, the number one wide receiver, Cooper Cup, 10, 13, 11. So they only have two players in the single digits. Now their two players in the single digits are both the number one ranked player. But everyone else is not in the top nine of their position, whereas Cooks only has two players outside of single digits. He's got the number 19 wow. and the number 11, but everyone else is within that top top nine, which is pretty impressive. Mm. And then you mentioned the Falcons. Uh, my team is number two. So I've got the sixth quarterback, the 10th running back, Najee, or uh, Saquon Barkley, excuse me, Najee Harris, uh, Debo, uh, Hollywood Brown, tight end, uh, Gronk. And then the one that's really dragging down my ranking, if this was anywhere close, I would probably be number one is CD Lamb. He's 26, and that's really killing my my team. So let me run through the rankings real quick for everybody. <clears throat> so like I said, Cooks is number one. Falcons are number two. Gurley's are number three. Keepers are number four. Who do y'all think is number five? Matty Ice and the boys. Matty Ice and the boys, number five. The one that's really holding you down is your RB2. I know. Help me. Help me. He's ranked, I believe, 29. I did these yesterday, so the rankings might have just a little bit overnight. But it's very, very close regardless. Number six, do you guys have any guesses? Um, Paradise. Nope, it's Daddy Kyle. Daddy Kyle. His average, just so a little context, Daddy Kyle is sixth. His average player ranking without defense and kicker is fourteen point eight six. Wow! Yeah, Cooks, law, law Cooks is nine. So there's like a five, almost a six place difference for the average ranking of the player. So yeah, and the the top three are really close. Cooks is nine, Falcons nine point one four, Gurley's nine point two nine. Okay, so Daddy, what's Collins, the separation so, from four and five? At, so at four and five. Uh, What's like point average? two, no point one four. So keepers is fourteen point five seven. Matty Ice is fourteen point seven one. But there's and a big gap between three, the top three, and then four and five. 
Yeah, so number three is Gurley's with 9.29. Number four is Keepers with 14.57. Yeah, that's that's a big jump. Mm. The thing is, like with Keepers, right, you look at their flex, their flex ranking is 23, and their running back two ranking is 23. So that's really kind of holding them back. But, yeah, there's a huge gap between that top three and really everyone else. And so where was that? I was on seven. Seven is a tie. It's a tie. Do y'all have any idea who it's a tie between? CMC and Paradise. No. CMC is right. CMC is in at seven. Okay. Don't don't want to guess who's tied with. DMC. DMC. The runs. The runs are tied at seven. Uh, Eight is – oh, there's no eight because we have two seven tied. Bird is number nine, surprisingly. His okay. average ranking is 17.29, by the way. DJ Moore and Patterson really helped that out for sure. Yeah. Uh, yo, for sure. Uh, DJ Moore is. He's four. four. And Patterson is three. Is that right? Yes. And yeah. then Dalvin Cook, he's got to be in. He's up there. 30. Dalvin Cook, Dang I think, it. is or right around 30. Um, and then 10 is Gangsta's. Fellas is 11. And then, of course, Big Easy is 12. At 18.57. Now, his is actually not bad, but his wide receiver, too, is ranked 48th. Mm-hmm. So, and I tried to plug in the best ranked player. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. And it was kind of surprising that, like, obviously the worst teams are lower on the list, but like CMC to be seventh. Now, we kind of expected that, right? Because at least I've said all along, it's, it's a Kyler Murray. Um, Christian McCaffrey team, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, just it's it's interesting and it's very uh, enlightening for maybe some long term prospects. So interesting, and it just kind of goes back to how fantasy can be a law of averages. It's just kind of <clears throat> yeah. All right, averaging out. Now I'll quickly run through the power rankings since we took a little bit of time on that. Chubby Gurley's obviously the only four no team left. Um, they are fifty points up over the next highest scoring team. Cup had a down week, as we might have expected. I don't think that's a trend. They get a, another win probably this week against Bird. Although Bird's been playing pretty well uh, the last couple weeks. So keep an eye on that matchup. But I still think it's the girlies. Uh, number two, Matty Ice and the boys. Yes. Now, he, back-to-back weeks, highest score, if I'm not mistaken, for Matty Ice yep. and the boys. So, yes. um, I, I you know, Really solid week all around. Quarterall Patterson is killing this team because if he was not in the mix, um, this team might be number one by far, especially the last couple weeks they played really well. And I will um, say, Adams only had 12 points this week, and I was the leading scorer. Yeah, yeah. Just watch out, people. Watch out. Uh, um, I think he could probably use an upgrade at tight end, so you know maybe yeah. that's something you could look look into doing. But, um, yeah, this is, a, this is a good team. At least they're a hot team at the very least, but I do think this is a good team. Next, I, I might have uh, too quickly dropped this team down. Mm-hmm. Number three is Hold My Cooks. Um, and I, I looked at the average player ranking and thought, okay, maybe this, maybe I did not give them enough credit last week because, again, their average player ranking is really high. Um, now, obviously, Tyreek Hill went for almost 50 points, and that will always help. Um, also, a, a note on this team – Maybe one of their best players is sitting on the bench because he can't crack the lineup, which is pretty impressive. Um, Mike Evans is still sitting on the bench, if I'm not mistaken. So um, uh, their average 
player ranking shows that. And again, it's not perfect, but I think it's a good indicator of the quality of your team overall. Um, mm. Next, we have Run CMC. And I've, I've kind of said those last couple of weeks, there might be a spot lower than they typically would be if they had Christian McCaffrey. Um, <clears throat> but they had a nice one over No Keepers, who's a pretty good team. Um, McLaurin is wide receiver six, which is great. Noah Fant is, I think, a really good option at tight end. Um, several players just seem to step up in a week where Christian McCaffrey wasn't playing. So hopefully he'll be back this week, but but we'll see. No keepers is five. Um, they lost this week, but they had some nice, nice performances from Austin Eckler, who's a really good player. Tyler Boyd came up big, especially with uh, T. Higgins out and Stefan Diggs. The rest You're of the team. Walmart. Yeah. The rest of the team was less than stellar, but, uh, you know, they're a good team. They're, um, They've put in some really good performances the last few weeks. I think Austin Eckler, who had a really bad first two weeks, is really starting to come along and, and is turning into a really good player. Mm-hmm. Now they're two and two. Um, so you know, you got you hope they they would improve on that. But uh, there are a lot of teams that are two and two and a lot of teams that are one and three. So that's helpful. I think there are six teams that are two and two. There are five teams that are two and two, five. Okay. four teams that are one and three, and then uh, one team that's three and one. One team that's I'm sorry, two teams that are three and one, and one team that's four now. So, um, a lot of two and two teams, which is really helpful for someone who's one and three, because they're only one game out of the playoff race. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, speaking of one and three, the Millennium Falcons are number six. Another really solid performance this week. Uh, like I mentioned, this team has a really high average rating. Najee Harris is getting better. Saquon Barkley is getting better. Um, Debo Samuel has continued to perform really well, and they still have a couple of really big weapons on the bench in T. Higgins and Julio Jones. Um, Hollywood Brown has also been a revelation. So we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, and he's dropped a little bit on the rankings because he had a bad week last week. But he dropped like a 60-yard touchdown pass last week, and it, it hit him in the hands. So, two. He dropped two. Yeah, he, he makes one of those catches, and he is probably still in top four, at least really knocking on that door. So – um, this Falcons team, I think, is pretty good. And also, like I mentioned earlier, the Bucks seem to need Gronk. So when he comes back, I look for him to be a machine in the in the red zone and um, continue to put up some really solid performances. So um, next is Gangsta's Paradise. Um, so they are currently sitting at two and two. Um, and this team is a good team. Like Jalen Hurts, like we talked about, is – has been a very, very good performer for this team overall. And again, he'll provide you with that really, really nice high ceiling. But the rest of this team was due to this week. David Montgomery scored 23.6. DeAndre Hopkins was 10.7. And DeAndre Hopkins was your third highest scorer. So they dropped quite a bit this week because that was a really, really poor performance. And they just lost Montgomery to probably four to five weeks. Right. So they are going to be probably struggling over the next couple of weeks. I need to try and make a move for a running back or something like that, or really the rest of your team because um, they are not performing well, um, especially with Montgomery out, who I'm not super high on anyway, but he's been performing well. So One more quick note on this team. Re- y'all remind me, I know we talked about this before, when do we have Michael Thomas coming back, supposedly? I think it's after the Saints bye, which might be week like seven. Is it, yeah, is it seven or eight? Week eight. I was going to guess week eight. So that's a, that's a sneaky sneaky little person there sitting on the IR. Thomas is first eligible to return after the week. 
So, so week seven. Yeah, yeah, so week seven. But And also, they, they did have some bad luck. DJ Chark got hurt. Mm-hmm. But Andrew Swift scored 8.9. Odo Beckham 5.1. Just not, not a great week. Um, all right, number eight, we have Funky Town Fellas. Um, I was really high on this team coming into the year. They were, I think, my number one team. And week one, they blew it out of the water. But they just aren't quite hitting. You know, they, they've needed flex up for, for weeks. But Aaron Jones only scored 11. You know, he's typically better than that. Amari Cooper had 16, which is nice. But Adam Thielen only had seven. So this team's dropping a little bit. I think they're one and three. Is that right? Let me double check that. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, they're one and three, which is kind of shocking considering that week one performance where they were dominant. Um, but they need some help. Um, next, we have Daddy Kyle. Um, I've, I have another team that I think is a good team, and I think that uh, you know is dangerous, but they just didn't have a very good week this week. They scored over 100 points, but lost by about 30 points. Um, Rogers, Elliott, and Jefferson all performed very, very well. But outside of that, you had some struggle because those three dudes alone scored almost 70 points, and then the rest of the team scored about 35. So not yeah. great. Is, is Ridley going to live up to where he's getting drafted at? I mean, he had 15 this week, and let me see what his – he's currently I mean, wide receiver 23. So, yeah, let me see when he was drafted. That's a good – He was a – he's an early receiver um, for sure. He was drafted 15th overall. He was drafted overall. 15th overall. Mm. So, yeah, no, he's wide receiver 23. So, he is not – and neither is George Kittle, quite frankly. Like, yeah. If, if I would have bet money George Kittle would have been a top five tight end at the worst – coming into the season and he's tied in 10. So I mean, a lot of, yeah. also can we talk about Juju Smith Suster for a second? Another guy who's like yeah. not a good player. So, well, see, I watched that game and he had opportunities. Ben missed him like three times. But and Juju was wasn't good last season. And I know that like big Ben wasn't there last season, but still he, he yeah, just has he, not been impressive for years. I think he's living off of what he did like three years ago. He's averaging seven targets a game. And so uh, he's just not as catching the ball in yeah. targets, converting it. Yeah. So I don't I mean, know. I, I put he's that on had one bit. game, one game over double digits this season so far, mm-hmm. which is yeah. terrible. Um, now he was drafted 67th overall. So, you know, not as much expectation, but still not, not great. But uh, I, I think I would say on this team, uh, Zeke looks better for sure. He's had two weeks yes. in a row. He looks yeah. back to normal. I'm still circling. Calvin Ridley just has not – he hasn't really performed the way that people expected or where he was drafted. And that's where if you could – if he could slide somebody else and find at wide receiver two, I think this team is a lot better. Yeah, I agree. Now he has Jameson Crowder on the bench. Is that the answer? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, all right. Next, we have Run DMC. <clears throat> Man, and I will say, sorry to cut you off, Will, but playing this team on paper, it's a pretty good team. Chase Edmonds is catching so many passes. Kamara is not quite doing the same thing he's done before, but he ran for more yardage than he normally does, but not as much receptions. Herbert, man, I, it just was kind of like, man, this team is not bad, the starting lineup. 
Anyway. Yeah, where they really struggle is their wide receivers are not very good. Keenan Allen yeah. has been completely overshadowed by yeah. Mike Williams. Now, don't get me wrong. Keenan Allen is still wide receiver 17. He's put up double digits, and that's great. But, like, he's wide receiver 17. Like, I think you would have wanted him to do a little bit more than that and be a really, really high-end wide receiver number two and say he's kind of middle of the road. And then you're relying on Marvin Jones Jr. That's tough. That's really tough. And the other thing about Alvin Kamara, and I actually talked to Bryce about this earlier this week. I obviously watch a lot of Saints games. And of that top-tier running back, right, where it's like Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, whatever, you know, whatever, whoever you want to group into that. In my opinion, I have no basis to back this up. I feel – I just feel like Kamara is the most streaky of that group Mm. where, you know, he'll win a league like he did last season or he will score like 10 points. Um, Like right now he's running back 14. And he was drafted second overall. Third something, overall. I've, something I've heard about him this year, though, that's different is they're just not utilizing him as much in the passing game. Yes. Um, and and if you think about it, I think uh, what's his name? That he's the coordinator now, offensive coordinator for the Chargers. Lombardi. Um, Lombardi wasn't he at at the Saints? And then he yeah, was he was the quarterbacks years. coach though. So obviously, okay. yeah, he. But still, so you think about Austin Eckler. And yeah. what he's doing for the Chargers is very much like what Alvin Kamara has been before, you know, and they're just not using Kamara as much in the past. Yeah, and I think the other thing is is there was the rumor that Drew Reese can't throw the ball further than like 20 yards. So he was checking down a lot. My right. man Jameis is not really a check down guy. You know, he'll throw it into quadruple coverage before he checks it down. <laughs> so I think that's hurting Kamara as well. Um, and then, you know, Joe Mixon – He's an amazing player, but it's tough to carry a whole team on your own. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's tough. So, to going back to that Camara, I'm looking up his receiving stats, and y'all help me with the averages here. But so from 17 to 20, he he was averaging 82 receptions per season. Is he on pace or not on pace for that? What does he's he got, have so he's far? Got, he's got 10 this year. Okay. No. So he's averaging two and a half catches a game. So over a 17 game season, let's see what that is. And that's 40, 40, that's 42 and a half. So that's not, that's not see, great. So that's yeah. half, half of his production in the receiving yeah. game is gone. Yeah. So that, that scares me. And that's what I was going to say. Kamara may be slipping out of that, that first tier RB based off that alone. Yeah, and honestly, like I've never thought he was an amazing between the tackles runner. Like two years ago when the Saints had Latavius Murray, Latavius Murray was a better running back than Kamara. Now he's obviously not as dynamic in the passing game as Kamara, and he can't do as much. He's not as versatile. But two years ago, Latavius Murray was a better, in my opinion, better between the tackles runner than Alvin Kamara. So if he's not getting the production from checkdowns and receptions, you got to make it up somewhere. And I think that's a, a more difficult prospect for Kamara to really excel between the tackles. Yeah, this is interesting too. So rushing, he's never rushed for a thousand yards yeah. in the season so yeah. far. The la- the closest he was was last year. He had nine thirty two. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. So, um next, and he hasn't gotten in the end zone yet. Yeah, that's that's, that's really bummer. that's really brutal. Yeah. Um 
Next, we have Birdman. Now, let me let me pause on this team really fast. They might be poised for a resurgence, uh, and there's one reason and one reason only. Yeah, go ahead and say they it. They have they have put Cordell Patterson into the starting lineup. Oh gosh, and that may that may change everything. It might. It, it might, might change everything because you know. Stafford has been playing very well. Dalvin Cook hasn't been himself quite yet, but you know we think he's going to turn into a mid-tier running back one, probably. Or you know you would hope. You already have an upper-tier running back one in Cordero Patterson. <laughs> I mean, that's an amazing dynamic duo right there. It's true. DJ Moore, and we talked about him earlier. He's performing very, very well, and I think he's probably making up for the slack you might be getting from Robert Woods, who's only averaging like twelve points a game. Darren Waller, now number two ranks tight end, which is great. And uh, this team still kind of needs some flex help. Uh, they have some options on the bench. Jared Cook had a really good game this past, week, past weekend, for example, but no one's playing Dar- uh, Jared Cook in the in the flex, so. Um, but watch out for this team. Like they, they might be a tough out from here on out. And you know they're they're one in three. But I, I think that really, I'm being serious now with Cordell Patterson. That kind of changes the dynamic of this team, and they really might be a a, a a tough out moving forward. And we might see them stack up a few wins here or there. So yeah, and not to continue to harp on this Patterson thing, but I don't know if I've ever been as disgusted watching a football game as I was watching that Falcons game last week. I It was just baffling to me. Like, I don't know if Matt Ryan just I, – I don't I don't just – I just don't get it. But they are using him in every scheme. I mean, it's like he's he's the MVP type of player. It's like he's Christian McCaffrey. And I'm like, yeah. what is going on? And he's, he's putting up numbers like he is. I mean, he's Man. averaging 21 points a game, which is – Pretty amazing. I think I threw I threw a pillow or two during that game. Oh, sure. Because I was so angry. Because awesome. Mike Davis was in the game. <laughs> and he was – I was like, okay, man, he's getting some red zone touches. And then I see Cordell Patterson, like, fly around from a jet sweep and get a pass. And I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. He's nuts. He had three receiving touchdowns. <laughs> and, and the interesting thing is he's definitely performing better in receiving, and he's still – is he going to lose that RB designation? I don't know because he's getting a lot of receiving touchdowns and a lot of receiving receptions. Like yeah, but he's getting over five rare. carries a game. He said, hey, he's had seven carries, seven carries, seven carries, and six carries. And he's had two receptions, five receptions, six receptions, five receptions. So he's consistently getting more carries than receptions. So I think you've got to keep I, I feel like the Falcons are doing back that. Designation. They're doing it on purpose to keep his running back designation. They they're, care. They're doing it to Spite make fun me. of, yeah, fantasy owners like yourself, I'm sure. I'm sure that's yeah, what they're man, doing. He just needs five carries to keep this RB designation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, all right, next we've got the last – team and honestly this team's not very good Derek Henry's great Clyde is okay I mean he's definitely had a good week this week um and, and last week he's and last week too he's up to he's up to number running back 21 which is you know you, you think top 24 he's fine in that uh that second running back slot but wide receivers are struggle you got Hunter Renfro in your starting lineup I just mm-hmm. and that Renfro's fine like he's a decent player but 
And he's actually position ranked 22, which is pretty good, but I don't know. I'm just not. I just can't really get psyched up about that. And also looking at this bench, they're terrible. They've got their best bench players are Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz probably. So, um, <laughs> Or Josh Gordon. You know, who knows? Maybe Josh Gordon will be the, the lightning rod this team needs to to put it together. But those are the power rankings. So I will, I will say on this team, though, I think they may have the best running back one and two with Henry and Henderson. Get serious, dude. Henderson, Henderson looks really good. He was injured one week, but I think they have the best one-two running back over Saquon and, uh, and Najee Harris. That may be the only other duo. Yeah, I, just, I think he, Hen- I think he spoke so, before you thought there, buddy. No, yeah. no, Henry is just so separated over over Dalvin Cook and Cordero Patterson. That's a good point, man. Uh, Lastly, you got both of us there, dude. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I don't know though. Daryl Henderson has looked really, really good in the games he's in, and Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. Daryl Henderson has not scored more than twenty points yet. So yes, he's looked good, but he's fifteen point seven, seventeen point two out week three, and then sixteen point six. So like, guys, yes, he's fine, but I don't think that's the. I'm best just thing. saying that the law of averages with Derrick Henry averaged with that makes that duo really, really good. But would you ever take Henry and Ceh? Over James Robinson and Mike Davis? Come on. Good question. Yes, Good I would question. I would trade it away in a heartbeat to get those three running backs. Yes. <laughs> Amen. I, I, well, I want to say, so I um, you know, I, I mentioned last week that I've have my own power rankings that's more formula driven. And I this week went back to the drawing board because I didn't like how they turned out. And um, we agree. I redid the whole formula and we agree on the top six. There you go. Verbatim. So I was thinking, I was like, I figured out Will's formula. We disagree. <laughs> we have Funky Town Fellows and Gangsters f- switched. And then um, and then Birdman, I have ranked ninth. But it's only because of Kyle's such horrible week in week yeah. one. Because I'm putting a big value on aggregate wins, like how you would have done against everybody else in the league. Right. You know? And Kyle's aggregate winning percentage is horrible because of that week. So. We're pretty close. Yeah. He beat nobody week one. Yeah. All right. That's it. Well, guys, that is our week four power rankings. Look forward to seeing how those continue to shake out as the season goes on. And we are gonna we're gonna stay focused on week four for just a little bit longer. And we're gonna talk about top performances Let's for week four. Lassie, you wanna kick us off? You start. Yeah, I'd love to. So uh, two guys we've talked about already, but CEH and James Robinson put together two good weeks in a row, uh, which is good. I mean, they were, you know, CEH has had some big, big question marks surrounding him. Just not sure why he's not fitting into the Kansas City offense, but he had 17.9 and 20.4 the last two weeks. And then Robinson is finally looking like the Robinson we all know and love from last Mm -hmm. year. He had 25.4 and 20.6. Um, respect, you know, uh, the last two weeks. So, so hopefully those guys, you know, keep, keep up that trend and, and, and start, you know, working out for their, for their fantasy managers. And then, uh, I want to tell you guys a tale of two wide receivers. Okay. I want you to guess who you think these guys are. So no cheating. Don't look up stats or anything. Okay. Wide receiver one or a, we'll say wide receiver a has 30 targets, 22 catches, 249 yards, and two touchdowns. Okay. Wide receiver 
Hold on, where's my notes? Here is wide receiver B has 33 targets, 20 catches, 295 yards, and three touchdowns. So A has 22 catches, 249, and two touchdowns. B has 20 catches, 285 yards, and three touchdowns. And to clarify, John, these are wide receivers, designated as wide receivers? They are wide receivers, yeah. Just to be sure. I'm going to guess one is like one who's really highly drafted, like let's say Devontae Adams. And the other one is like someone who is not highly drafted, like say Hunter Renfro. <laughs> okay. Who, who's who? I believe the first one is Devontae Adams. I agree because I've looked at his stats a lot. Yeah. And I, is, is the second one Hunter Renfro? Am I spot on in this? You have one of the names right, but order wrong. Okay. Does so, he have both the names right? And so wide receiver A, 22 catches, 249 yards, two touchdowns as Hunter Renfro. Sup, dude. Wide receiver B, 20 catches, 285 yards, and three touchdowns, DK Metcalf. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's my yeah. Okay. DK was drafted wide receiver seven. Hunter Renfro was not drafted. Get this. Picked up off waivers on 915, dropped to waivers on 924, and picked <laughs> up again on 929, all by the Big Easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for the record, for the record, Devontae has 31 catches, 373 yards, and one touchdown. So on 45 targets. So way off on that one. But well, and guy, let me just tell you though, those are my two top receivers, and I'm still winning with them not quite living up to where they're supposed to be, which is is interesting for me. When I'm looking at that, I'm like, okay, there is hope for my team to be even better than what it is if they play the way they should. I don't know. I think a lot of people can say that. That's true. It's true. So yeah, those are my top performers, and I'll uh, I'll send you guys a. I saw this that stat on Twitter, and they had two like a hilarious picture of Hunter Renfro looking just tiny and white and nerdy in his uniform, <laughs> and DK Metcalf just jacked. So <laughs> I'll send it to y'all, and I'll post it to our Instagram because it's pretty funny. That is hilarious. Well, I'll go ahead and go with my top performers. Um, number one, he's a guy we've talked about. He's the number three wide receiver scoring-wise. Debo Samuel, he had eight receptions, 12 targets, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. Just crazy. He's producing. We'll see if him and Lance have a or, – or, yeah, if Trey Lance has a rapport and if it continues. But he's getting a lot of target share – or he's getting the majority of target share in San Francisco. Like Brandon Ayuk is nowhere to be seen, and Kittle's not performing either. It's all going to Samuel, so could continue. And let me let me play a game kind of similar to Lassie. Um, this next performer, um, y'all don't know who it's who it is yet, out in the podcast waves. So, if anyone had to guess, who is leading the league in rushing touchdowns? If you had to just randomly throw out there. Like regardless of position? Regardless of position, who is leading the league in rushing touchdowns? Y'all may see it because it's on our notes. but Yeah, I, I know the answer, but I, I will say that I would have thought it would have been someone else, obviously, but maybe even someone else at this position. Really? Like go go with what your original thought would have been. 
Well, so if, if, like you would have, if you would have asked me, like, who's leading the lead in touchdowns, I would have obviously said some running back. You know, I, I don't think it would have been Derrick Henry, but I thought, okay, maybe, I don't know. I don't even know if any running backs saw a lot of touchdowns. I have no idea. But then if you would have asked me, like, oh, it's not a running back, which this turns out not to be a running back, so sorry to spoil that. I kind of didn't mean to do that. Uh, I would have been shocked by this, like completely shocked. 100%. Yeah, same. I would have said Derrick Henry, I, and I, I know this because I saw the notes, but also I've heard this on other other podcasts because I do listen to other fantasy football podcasts. Shame, um, loser. Shame on you. I can't believe but anybody I'm, will listen to a fantasy football podcast. Of Besides position, this one. Unreal. Of the position this guy's in, I also wouldn't have – I would have said – two or three other guys over over this one so yes same yes so i'm about to say this guy's name also a little fun funny fact for people who may not know um people outside our league who may not know who's in our league this guy looks very similar to one of our people in our league and this guy is leading the league in rushing touchdowns who had an incredible week last week his name is sam darnold Wow. Sam Darnold had 301 passing yards and two passing touchdowns and had 35 rush yards and two TDs. And he is now leading the league in rushing touchdowns with, I believe it's five. Yeah. That's just crazy. So, Sam Darnold. And I, I mean, mean, he, he looks really good in Carolina. Like he looks like a completely different quarterback at Carolina than he looked at with the Jets. Yeah, he looks amazing. Um, and it is nuts that he is leading the league in rushing touchdowns. So I would have thought, oh, maybe it's Jalen Hurts, you know, yeah, just yeah. But Jalen Hurts, it looks like he had one rushing touchdown so far this season. Yeah, that was week one. Mm-hmm. I know I was like, oh, Daniel Dimes has rushed for a couple. And he has, I think, two. But, you know, that's still way off from what Darwin has been putting together. So. Well, so you think like Kyler or Lamar Jackson or um, right. Josh Allen, these guys that, you you know, especially Josh Allen too. I mean, he's similar to, to you know, um, Daniel Jones probably in getting those kind of goal line carries. But I would have guessed any number of those guys over, including Hertz. Yeah. I mean, over, over Darnold. And so um, I think Sam Darnold finally cracked a roster after waivers. So he, he did. Now, I, I tried to pick him up, but he was I did too. before me. Yeah. And so, I mean, uh, let's see. I think it was Big Easy. Yeah, Big Easy got a lot of the. Yeah, he did. He, he got Damian Williams, too, that I really wanted. Oh, uh, yeah. No, he's not Big Easy. No. no. Where is he? Where is he's Birdman then. Oh, yes. Okay, Funky Town. Okay. Good pickup yeah. by Lance. I mean, he he could be this. Who's the other? Well, he's got Dak, but man, he's got Dak, but Dak. I mean, I might start Darnold, which is crazy for me to say because I'm a Dak fan. But y'all y'all listen to this. He has so far in uh, the first two weeks were average, but he had 18, 19, 26, and 32, and he has five rushing touchdowns. Yeah, it's it's. Pretty impressive. He's quarterback five, I think. Is he? I think so. Apparently. Yeah. Let me double check that. Yeah. Position position ranking is five. You're right. And his average points is 24. And, and what's so, Dak? 
Man, that's a great question. Let me pull it up. I got it. Dak is 13. Wow. And he's averaging only 20 points a week. Well, funky town. Looks like you've got a decision to make. I think it all depends on the matchup. I don't know who they're playing this week, but and that's that's got to be disappointing because I was talking to Funky Town earlier this year, trying to get a trade going, and he was really high on Dak. He's like, I think Dak might throw for six thousand yards, which who knows? But uh, to have to think about not starting Dak is that's got to sting a little bit, mm, for sure. Because again, sure. he's not in the top twelve, which is shocking. Yeah. But those are my top performers for week four. Will, who you got on your list? I'm going to keep mine quick and easy. Patterson, my man. Guy's killing it. And he has breathed new life into uh, Birdman's team. And then Tyreek Hill scored 50 points. Like, I mean, the guy is – that's insane. So those are my top performers. <clears throat> nice. Nice. Top performers for week four in the books. Um, I mean, maybe it's time we want to go ahead and head into week five. Matchup previews, predictions. Let's do it. All right. Um, All right. Score. You want to go through the scoreboard, Will? And yeah. I'll, I can, I'll do the scoreboard real quick. So Will's record is 6-12. and 12. Uh, Matthew's at 7-11. and 11. I am at nine and nine. Wow. Take that guys. Um, We only got three bold predictions, right? Last year, (laughs) last week. Um, I got two of them. Hertz did outscore Lamar and Carr and Barkley outscored Rogers and Zeke by 12 plus. And then Honeycutt said Boyd would go for 15 plus, and he got that right. Will, I counted yours wrong. Joe Mixon, you said he would score 11 points. Technically, he scored more than 11, but you know that we'll give you that one, I guess. Because I was just emphatic that he would lead the team and yeah. score double digits. So, um, and then I don't, I, at least those are the all the bold predictions that I tracked. I, I'm not going to go through all the ones we got wrong. Um, because we got a lot of wrong, wrong ones. Honeycutt and I both got wrong that Cup would log his third, his third straight thirty-point game. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, with that, we'll jump into uh, week five. The first matchup we have uh, no keepers versus the Millennium Falcons. I think this is a really good matchup on paper. You've got some really good players on both sides. Uh, the Falcons, like I mentioned, seem to be really rounding into form, especially at the running back position with Najee Harris and uh, Saquon Barkley. The keepers have some really solid players. Tom Brady, even though he had a really bad this week, really bad game this week, is still performing really, really well at the quarterback position. Um, and then they have several other players with really, really good talent. So this will be really interesting, but I'm going to go with the keepers this week. I think they just edge out the Falcons and Probably was one of the closer matchups this week, and I think Tom Brady goes over 25 points this week. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to pick the Falcons on this one. Uh, Carson might not be playing, and even if he does, he wasn't really effective last week. Godwin hasn't been good, neither is Hawkinson. Meanwhile, Falcons, as we know, are a boomer bust team that's been booming lately. Um, I expect them to continue that boom trend and score big this week. My projection is Brady. 
more than doubles Danny Dimes' score this week, but the Falcons still win and get into the playoff picture. Mm. Interesting. I'm going to keep it simple here. No keepers league I think is going to take it away. I really like um, Millennium Falcons, RBs, big fan of Barkley, and, and of course Harris, the rookie of the year potentially. Um, and I believe that C.D. Lamb – is going to have a bounce back game. Good. And he needs he, it. Yeah. He's going to have a breakout performance. He's going to be 25 plus for the Falcons, but the Falcons still lose the week. All right. Next we have funky town versus hold my cooks. Um, kind of like I alluded to earlier when I did the average player ranking, the cooks has a really, really solid team with almost no holes. Uh, you know, they are, Again, only two players are in double digits for player rankings, and no one's higher than 19th in their starting lineup. So I think I'm going to go with this team. I think they're a really good team, and I think Brandon Cooks uh, scores over 20 points this week, has a really good week, and leads them to victory against uh, Funky Town Fellas. Awesome. I'm going to pick Funky Town with the upset here. Uh, I think Cooks has a down week. Hold my Cooks has a down week. Dak and Cooper, I think, are going to have big games against the Giants. I expect Jones to go off against Cincy. Thielen is going to get back to his old ways at Detroit. Goddard, as Will has um, hinted at, is finally starting for this team at tight end. And the Bucks defense against Miami. I mean, this might be a perfect storm for Funky Town. So I'm going to go with him to win. Bold prediction here. Sticking with my call, Dak is going to outscore Lamar by 10 plus <laughs> Lassie is gonna for sure get one of his predictions right because he's gonna pick that every week that's funny uh i'm gonna keep it simple i think like will said cooks i think cooks is gonna take it away that's it all, all right uh gangsters versus big easy I'm just going to pick against Big Easy until the foreseeable future, which is not necessarily the case with Birdman's team. Again, because I, I really do think they're improving. Uh, though I'm, I'm just going to pick against Big Easy. I'm going with the Gangsters. I am uh, going another upset pick here with Big Easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this might be even more of a perfect storm from Big Easy than the last one was for Funky Town. Um I think Allen is going to be in a shootout at Kansas City. Williams is up against the Raiders, who, by the way, just let Austin Eckler score 30. Now I know Williams isn't Austin Eckler, but still. Um, Henry is up against Jacksonville. I mean, come on. This is this is crazy. Big Easy is going to pull off the upset here. Uh, and my prediction is Al- the combo of Allen, Henry, and Henderson will outscore Hurts, Swift, and Fournette by 25-plus. Oh, Okay. I'm also going with the upset of Big Easy over Gangstas. Um, I just, I, like you said, Lassie, I think there's a perfect storm brewing here. Uh, with some of the pickups, A.J. Brown is projected to play in his back. Henderson's back and look fresh. Henry is the number one running back. Allen's going to put up big points. And the Gangsters team, I just don't know if they're going to respond. Um, so, Big Easy. All right, moving next, we have Chubby Girlies versus Birdman. I kind of hinted at this last week that I'm not really going to pick against Alabama. I'm not really going to pick against the Chubby Girlies until they give me a reason not to. I think Cooper Cup has a big week, big bounce back this week. I do think this is closer than the experts think, though. I, I watch out for watch out for this Bird team. I think 
maybe not this week, but I think in the coming weeks they might be able to stack up some wins here. But I do think Chubby Gurley's have the better team. If Cooper Cup puts up even close to what he typically does, uh, you know, they're gonna win. Um so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Chubby Gurley's and I think Cordell Patterson scores less than twelve points this week. Man, I really want to keep it up with the upsets this week. But I'm not going to. Yeah, you don't pick against Alabama, man. You can't. I, I think Gurley's, the Gurley's having Mahomes and Cup alone is going to do the job. But I think Will's right. They're going to just squeak out a nail-biter against Birdman by less than five points. Yeah, um, I'm not as high on the Birdman team because I don't like Cordell Patterson. But <laughs> – I was like, I kind of want to pick this upset, but I, like you said, I am not going to go against Chubby until they lose a week. So, Chubby Girlies. All right. Next, we have Daddy Kyle versus Run DMC. Uh, this is probably one of the big, I think. I think both these teams are probably their record or their points have indicated. Uh, but I do like one team significantly more. I like Daddy Kyle this week. Uh, Joe Mixon will get less than 10 points this week. You can take that to the bank. Daddy Kyle. Yeah, I'm picking Daddy Kyle to, here too. Not much to say. I think Rodgers, Zeke, and Jefferson will have big weeks. Um, and I think Zeke will outscore Kamara. I don't really have much to say about this matchup. Daddy Kyle wins. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a close matchup. I, I'm like with Will. I think these two teams are a little bit uh, under the radar, but – I think the difference is the wide receivers for Daddy Kyle's team, and they're going to pull it out. But I do believe that Allen Robinson is going to lead the Bears in receiving this week in points. Lead the Bears? Lead the Bears. But not DMC? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. Just clarify. Because he, he's, playing, he's playing Darnell Moody. Daddy Kyle's playing Darnell Moody, which is also on the Bears. Right. But Robinson is going to lead the Bears receiving right. court. All right. Yes. Last but not least, um, maybe the biggest matchup of the week to really see who is podcast king. Yeah. Uh, Matty yeah. Ice versus CMC. Uh, Battle of the Commissioners, man. Battle of the right. Commissioners. Matty Ice has had back to back weeks as the highest scorer in the league. Does that go for three? No, it does not. Going CMC, Christian McCaffrey's probably going to play. Now, let me preface that this is all predicated on Christian McCaffrey playing. <laughs> you better say that preface. But if Christian McCaffrey plays, I'm going CMC. Man, that's an incredible run. I, I do think their run overall continues. I think they score a lot of points this week, but I don't think they get the win. I think CMC wins. Oh, man. I, uh, you know, I probably would – pick the same will but i don't think mccaffrey is actually going to play so i'm picking maddie ice here i think mccaffrey is going to wait wait one more week um maddie ice has been trending up lately like we said a couple times he scored the highest score two weeks in a row uh, i think adams is going to have a big game and the only weakness i see here is uh is his rb2 lol cordell patterson uh is better than mike davis and maybe tight end is Higby really the answer there. Overall, though, I think Matty Ice takes it because I just CMC doesn't have enough firepower without McCaffrey to crank out the W. And don't forget, Matty Ice picked up league winner Justin Fields off waivers. 
So bold prediction, Adams scores two touchdowns over 100 yards and over 10 receptions, and he finishes as wide receiver one this week. Oh, say that. Repeat that for me. Adam scores two touchdowns, goes for over 100 yards and over 10 receptions, and finishes as wide receiver one this week. Man, what what wouldn't I love that to happen? Um, I'm also going to keep it with uh, man, this is a tough one because I think it all that, like Will and you said, Lassie, this all hinges on McCaffrey. I was looking at it before you put McCaffrey in, I was like, man, I got this in the bank, but (laughs) as soon as you put McCaffrey in that, I was like, oh, shoot. Um, but I do think I squeak it out. And guys, let me tell you, this is bold. This is a bold prediction. And I'm probably going to get a lot of slack for this. But I think this is the week, guys. This is the week that Mike Davis scores over 15 points. That's all I need. Mm. Get 15 mm. points. If he gets 15 points, I win this week. Honeycutt, that's, Honeycutt. that's pretty bold. But would you go even bolder and say Mike Davis outscores Cordero Patterson this week? <laughs> Well, I mean, Will did say that he was only going to get 12. That was his prediction. So that I, was my prediction. Uh, I may not go that far, though. I'm just going to I'm going <laughs> to stick with Mike Davis has 15 plus points. All right. I guess my my question then is, uh, Honeycutt, are you like me? Where if McCaffrey does not play, you expect your your pick to flip to Matty Ice for official record purposes? Because uh, I, I am stating that now. I mean, I'm I'm going Mighty Ice either way. Okay. Yeah, okay. Mighty Ice all the way. Okay. Well, if if McCaffrey does not play, let the record reflect for official record keeping purposes. My pick flips to Mighty Ice. Thank if you. we're saying if we're saying that, then I'm saying the inverse. If CMC does play, then I'm picking I'm taking CMC. Sounds great. Then, that sounds. I'm great. going Mighty Ice all the way. All right. All right, and that is the week five slate. Man, got some good matchups out there. I, I was really there only one it. unanimous? It was Daddy versus DMC, right? Or no, Chubbies. Chubbies and Daddy. Okay, okay. Which I mean, I, I agree. I, I think we're all going to go with Chubby until he loses. And he yeah. he didn't he just barely squeak it out last week? Was wasn't it close? It was. He didn't score much. I mean, he only was like one eighteen this week. I think. For week four, yeah, yeah. but you, you had 20 points of that for Cooper Cup, and then there you go, yeah, yeah. that's true, yeah, true. All right, those are the matchups, exciting, exciting, exciting. Um, man, guys, this has been it's been a blast. I love talking about fantasy football. Um, and that, guys, that concludes our week five episode of FLFFFL. Thanks for joining us. Hope you stay connected with us. Um, Lassie, you want to share with them how they can stay connected to the podcast? Yeah, give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at FLFFFL underscore pod. Or shoot us an email, FLFFFL.pod at gmail.com. We are still waiting on our questions to come in for the mailbag segment, so bring them on. Yes, would love to do that. All right, people, thanks for coming to join us on the podcast of the FLFFFL podcast. See you next week for week six, episode six. All right. Peace out. Keep it chilly. I don't listen to fantasy football. Podcasts.